Well, hello, everybody. This is Dana Shea. I am the host of Real Relationship Talk, and I want to thank you all so very much for joining me today for this episode, episode number six with Javier and Christina Yarena. Are you impressed that I could roll my R's like that? And before we get started with today's episode, I want to read you guys a rating that someone left me on Apple Podcasts, and it says, you saved my marriage. I found this podcast 10 days ago into the lowest point of my marriage. I searched hundreds of podcasts before settling on this one, and just three episodes in, it's saving my marriage. I didn't think that what we had was salvageable. After seeing what Dana and Sean have overcome and the manner in which they did, it gave me hope. I look forward to future episodes from this podcast. So thank you so much, BK underscore Mill, for your kind and encouraging words. You all, it is my heart's desire that this podcast reaches couples and people like BK underscore Mill and so many others. So I just want to thank you all again, those of you who rate this podcast and those of you who are sharing it. So back to our guests for today. I get to have a conversation with a couple who is real, a couple who we just get each other. We had such an amazing conversation and I was sad actually that our conversation had to end because of the bombs, the nuggets of truth that the Yarenas were dropping. And it's so funny because we had actually dropped my daughter off to college. She is a freshman at George Mason University. And because my mother's heart was missing her so much and my husband's heart was missing her so much, he's probably missing her more than me, but we decided to take a trip up to Fairfax and visit her. And that was actually the same day that I had this interview scheduled. And so that's the thing that I love about podcasting, that you can literally podcast from anywhere in the world. I am here in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and the Yarenas are in California. And so even though there was a time difference there, we made it happen. And I literally got in the hotel room, set up my little podcast studio, my mobile podcast studio, and we recorded this interview. And it was such a great interview. I wanted to talk to the Arenas about how their marriage started and how it fell apart. They're really transparent in their book, Boundless Love. And they talk all about how after several years of marriage, everything just kind of fell apart and they actually thought they were going to divorce, but God, hashtag, but God. And so they talk a little bit about some red flags that they saw before they got married. They talk a little bit about um, the trauma that Javier went through as a child and how childhood trauma And really, even if you've not been through trauma, just your family of origin affects so much of what you do. It affects the kind of spouse that you'll be. And you'll hear me talk about it in the interview, but I have kind of coined this phrase of saying that whatever you marinated in for 18 years doesn't go away just because you get married. And it's true, whether your family was good, bad, dysfunctional, positive, we all have marinated in a certain family of origin, and that definitely will come out in your marriage. And so we're going to talk in this interview about um, some ways to overcome things from your past. And we're going to talk a lot about forgiveness. That was a big theme of this interview, which I so appreciate because there are so many married couples who I feel like are going through just cycles of drama. And to be honest, I think that it stems from some unforgiveness. 
And so we're talking a little bit about unforgiveness. We're going to talk about premarital counseling. And so all of my single folks, I am so grateful that you're listening to this interview. This is probably one of the best conversations that I've had on the podcast so far about the value of premarital counseling. So you guys are in for such a treat. This is such a jam-packed interview. We talk about everything. And so I am just really excited to introduce to you my new friends, Javier and Christina Yarena. All right. All right. So we are here with Javier and Christina. And um, I'm just, again, so thankful for you guys. So thankful for you being on the podcast today. We were talking a little bit earlier before we recorded that Javier is actually a new citizen to the U.S. (laughs) So welcome to our country, officially. (laughs) Yeah. And and by the way, this is going to be the first time that I ever voted on a presidential yeah. election. So Big yeah. deal. I wish you had better choices, but you know, we just got to go with what we got. That's, That's right. right. That's we gotta, right. We got to make lemonade. That's gotta right. Lemonade. It That's took right. 49 years, but I think it's going to be all worth it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's a really, really um, exciting thing. I think, you know, as we were saying earlier, like there's something about getting the right to vote that makes mm-hmm. you feel like, wow, this is official. This is my country. I take responsibility for yes. the things that happen here. So that's amazing. Congratulations again on that. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. And Dina, it's also a lesson in patience for your spouse too, mm. because I was kind of nudging and nudging and, you know, you have to allow your partner to be ready, right? Like it's right. not my process. So it was humbling a little bit, but it's all good. It all worked out. Well, I'm sure you are a supportive wife, just, you know, cheering him on through the whole process. I want to know how long was the process, Javier, like from beginning to end? Uh, It was uh, close to two and a half years. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and, and I did everything online. Uh, The process was very, it was, it was, it was good. I, the interview process was. Easy. Easy. I never okay. felt I never felt so welcome and and I remember he saying, Hey, you wanna you wanna do the ceremony this weekend? I'm like, sure. Wow. <laughs> so it was it was uh, yeah, I was very I was very impressed by the uh, INS and the way how professional they were and and the ceremony was um, it was it was it was really beautiful. I yeah. Think, uh, yeah. I think becoming a, a a citizen for the U.S. I think is it goes beyond beyond just just being an American. I think mm-hmm. it's it's a, an opportunity to to really create change mm. for other individuals. It gives you the the right to to really embrace. And, and create opportunities for other individuals. As an immigrant, I think I think it's my responsibility to encourage other individuals and other immigrants to to create opportunities. And I think that I believe in the American dream. Yeah, I believe that that uh, we live in the greatest country in the world. And I think there are so many gifts that that they're they're uncovered 
as well. So, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting as we're talking about kind of this whole process and being patient and waiting and, and then you finally get the payoff. I can't help but to think about in relationships, right? Like when you, even the ceremony that you talk about. So there's this mm -hmm. great marriage ceremony and, and that's really where the real work starts, right? So yeah, it's like an initiation. This was a culmination. This there is you go. <laughs> but the marriage, it's more like, that's just the initiation, right? Like right. you're just starting. Yeah. But yeah. I, I definitely agree. I think, um, that's the cool thing about, you know, having a reflective sort of framework or being sort of open to reflection in your marriage is mm -hmm. that every year we're actually, um, our 14th anniversary is next Wednesday. Oh, awesome. Our Happy early anniversary. Thank, thank you. you. Yes, thank yes, you. yes. Yes. And it always kind of brings this us up, you know, this cycle of renewal and recommitment and you feel like, you know, you get somewhat nostalgic for that day and that period of your life. But we, you know, Javi always says he feels like we remarry every year because we've changed and grown, right, so much right. as individuals. Yeah. Some years, right, we may be kicking and screaming when we're mm -hmm. renewing mm -hmm. and other years it's more joyful, but... Yeah. Um, this is definitely, uh, I think, uh, an intense year because of everything that's happened with COVID and just the amount of time we've spent as a family, yeah. um, ourselves and our two daughters. So I think it, it's just, but it is, you're right. The ceremony is a milestone mm -hmm. and it's also like this, you know, this piece of your life that you return to a lot, I think during your marriage. Yeah. And the fact that you all have been married for 14 years, I know that there was a bumpy patch and you all actually were on the brink of divorce. So can you talk as much as you're comfortable with about what happened and what, how did the marriage break down and how did you all decide or what made you decide? Because it would have been easy to just say, you know what? Nope, we're out of here. Let's try this again with other people. What made you decide to give your marriage another shot? Well, um, Dana, you know, it's a, it's a, it was a cumulative thing, right? So I think that's one of the things about marriage is that nothing happens in a vacuum, right? Yeah. So these incidents that we build, this collective history as a partnership accrue over time. And so sometimes the little hurts form wounds, right? And if they don't get healed and if you don't turn to God or you don't discern or pray, sometimes you're not purified, right? And it doesn't clean through you. It doesn't, it, it sort of remains in that relationship, in that marriage, and it can haunt you. And so for me personally, this was about a year after our second daughter was born, and I was struggling with postpartum depression. And I was very, um, I mean, I was aware that I was struggling, but I was not aware of my diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And I think we also weren't aware of how my um, anxiety and depression was an overwhelm was really affecting our family. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, whenever you have young kids, you're kind of just in survival mode in general. And sure. I think it just kind of became, um, our new normal, which was, you know, really at our, our spirit inside was really suffering. Right. Mm -hmm. And so also I think at that time, and I'm sure you can relate when you have children, you also reconcile a lot, or you sometimes look at your own childhood, right. And sometimes your own feelings around how you were raised or your family of origin. And if it was traumatic or difficult, um, a lot of feelings come up, right. When you become a parent, even if it's more than once. And I think, 
for us, there were a lot of childhood wounds that yeah. were resurfacing. And it was just like this moment. It was actually Javi's 40th birthday. Um, and it was like this climatic moment. And I, I think ultimately what had happened was that Javi, like many of us, um, felt like, you know, my wife should have my back at my party. This is this big deal. And it was really this evening of just our marriage crumbling and it was, Mm -hmm. had been falling apart. And from there, um, we really hit bottom. I don't know if you want to take it from there, honey. Sure. I, I, I (laughs) give you, that's my side. So now you tell the, yeah, exactly. There's always multidimensional, right. And Uh that's really what's uh up in our book too, is my side and your side. Yes. Yeah. That's the way we decided to do it. I I think for me, uh, I think we inherit, uh, and we, we carry beliefs, and values from our childhood. And we, we, we take this pattern of or blueprint of how relationships should be. So when I look at my mom died when I was two years old, and then my dad remarried, mm-hmm. right? Now, the person who had an affair with during, you know, right after my, my mom passed away. Oh wow! I I didn't know that until I was right before my father passed away. I kind of, kind of figure it out and kind of ask some questions. My dad was um, he, a lot of he had a lot of demons, and and he he had a very short temper. Mm. Um, he never physically abused me, but he was very harsh in his words. He was very disciplined, but I have seen a lot of violence around around him mm-hmm. and i think you carry that with you and then when i came here when my father passed away i was 12 years old um my my pattern of defending m- myself is, is is obviously my temper right being sarcastic um and then and then you you're like all right well I don't have time to grieve or there's no time to grieve according to, you know, how everything was moving along so fast. I mean, my father passed away two weeks later. I'm, I'm in a plane. I'm coming to United States of America. Here's number 25 of the bus who's going to take you to school. I go to middle school. I don't know any English and and you just gotta, you just gotta move fast and and you gotta grow fast. So I, you don't grieve, you don't really reflect on the behaviors, patterns that you have seen from your dad. And then what happens is you start dating. You mm-hmm. start, obviously, you mm-hmm. turn 15, 16, you start dating, and then you start looking for that mother love that you never had all your mm-hmm. life. And then you realize, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm a motherless child. And then you start demanding attention. You start demanding elements that a mother can only give you. Mm -hmm. And then if you don't get that, then you get short temper. And Mm -hmm. then you start doing uh, things that, you know, create some type of angry, angry management issues coming Mm -hmm. out. So for Christina and I, I had those elements. What happens is you kind of don't oversee those things. You kind of oversee those things. You're like, oh, it's okay. It's it's part of being a man. It's part Mm -hmm. of dating. It's a part of handling your wife, right? Mm-hmm. And then what happened is on my 40th birthday, uh, there were obviously the the magic of alcohol that increased every mm. and, and kept things out of proportion. And that night was a was a, a horrible night for, for me, for Christina as well, where I think by the grace of God, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't get arrested. Uh, mm-hmm. I broke a lot of private 
property in my house. And that was the point where I say, Hey, God, I'm, I'm so broken inside. And mm-hmm. I have, I have really turned my side. I, I, I really turned the other way, not to pay attention to how broken I am. Yeah. That this is it. I, I literally took my marriage and, and, and destroyed it. And, in seven years that we were married. So, well, and it also takes two, right. You know, like it's not, I, I was sort of the perfect compliment in where I was as a person too. Like I, I was shut down and broken too in my own depression and anxiety. So I wasn't communicating. And also I was tapped. Like I didn't have anything to give. Mm-hmm. So here you have, you know, in your marriage, and I'm sure a lot of listeners can relate that you reach these crossroads at times where you can't give or connect to one another and really um, support each other in the way in that moment that you want to rise to, you know, um, be able to, and it just kind of created this perfect storm. Mm -hmm. um, And unfortunately it was a very dramatic, right. Event. Um, But it was also a catalyst for us to seek counseling, individual and couples, go to our pastor, get spiritual help, mm-hmm. and really have a rebirth in putting our faith in the center of our relationship because we knew, I think our defining takeaway from that crisis was we cannot fix this. Like we right. are human, right. we are, you know, simple minded, mm-hmm. we cannot, this is way bigger than us. And, um, and that was really when we delved into, I mean, we were already involved in a marriage prep, like ministry Mm -hmm. and that community did stand with us and support us, Mm -hmm. but we still had a lot of growth, you know, we still do, but we just realized we had to do a lot of work and really, like I said earlier, like recommit in a very serious way. Yeah. You know, I think I really, I've been thinking about this. A lot lately. I think I wrote a blog post maybe six, seven months ago about families of origin and how a lot of times we don't realize that, as I say, what you've been marinating in for 18 years or Javi for you 12 years, right? Like you don't realize that all of that stuff that you've been marinating in, it doesn't just go away because you fall in love. As a matter right. of fact, it, it sometimes a romantic relationship, a marriage will exacerbate those things. Exactly. Be purity, be it pride, be it anger, whatever it is, whatever the issue is, a lot of times marriage, which is what, you know, I always say God uses marriage. It's a tricky little discipleship tool, you know, to bring out all the ugly in us so that he can be more like him. And so I love, there's so much, so much like, oh, we could go in so many directions from your story. But I think one of the things that really stands out to me, Christina, you talked about this was um, almost like the tip of the iceberg, but it was the catalyst also. So I think of the scripture, you know, what the enemy meant for evil, God Mm -hmm. has turned it around and he's made it for good. And so even though this was this traumatic event, it wasn't just that. It sounded like to me, it was kind of building over time. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of marriages, most marriages don't fall apart in a day, right? Like Mm -hmm. marriages, it's just, this kind of slow drift apart or this slow um, unraveling. And then something happens in your case, it was this 40th birthday party, this traumatic event happens and it wakens you up and you have a choice to make. We either call it quits or we say, you know what, let's lean into our community. Let's figure this out. And so I'm grateful that you all decided to lean in because I think a lot of people would have been like, no, I'm, I'm not going to put up with this. You know, we're done Let's just go our separate ways. 
Yeah. I mean, I think for us, it was really interesting. I do think it was divine intervention, like straight up. Like I think God led us. <laughs> um, we had so many miracles. I mean, I can't even begin Dana to share with you. Like at one point, just to give you one example, um, I had gone to our pastor and had a whole like heart to heart, like a real come to Jesus, right? A real come to Jesus <laughs> meeting. Right. And um, and he really li- lined it out, like he laid it out. He was very real with me and was like, this is where you need to, as a wife, where you need to take this. This is where, you know, he, and he gave me a lot of spiritual counsel and I left and I kind of felt like my heart was at peace because I felt like, you know what? I'm not in control here. Like this is God's territory. Like God has got this. So I just need to be open and listen, watch, learn, you know, that was sort of the message. Sure enough, like I think it was less than a couple hours, maybe le- not even that long. Javi, at that time, he worked in downtown uh, San Jose where we live in the Bay Area. And the pastor walks in to the cafe, mm-hmm. like right next to him in line. Oh, wow. Right? wow. And <laughs> it's like, oh, let's talk. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Never really obviously breaking confidence that his wife was just there. But Javi has this heart to heart. So like... You know, I guess that's sort of my my real strength I take from a lot of this is that we're held mm-hmm. by like God wants us to win. God wants us to heal. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, marriage is a is a deeply spiritual and healing process. For sure. And um and if you let him work it, he will work you, mm-hmm. right? To the best, I yeah. think. Yeah. I think the power of community, you know, like I hear from the couples, a lot of the couples that I work with that are isolated, it's just them and their spouse. And so when they start going through these problems, there's no one either, you know, and and I'm not talking about like family, right? Like family is great, but family is going to be subjective all the time. And so for you to have your pastor and your situation for my husband and I, we had to lean into our church family and to other people. And so I think that the power of having people rally around you, being real with your stuff, right? Being like, listen, Mm -hmm. this is what's really going on because you can't get help if you're hiding how things really are. And I think that that is what, when I see couples, right. So like when I see couples and I'm like, okay, you have to out yourself, if you will. You know, you have to be able to let people know what's really going on or nobody can really help you. Yeah, it's so funny. I'm talking too much, honey. You're gonna have to say something. Okay, I'm gonna say this one thing, and then I'm gonna stop. Um, a lot of our family, or our, you know, people close to us, when we wrote the book, because in our book we really share. I mean, like you said, we just put it out there, like the yeah. real deal. It's very transparent. But that was our intention because we want to help demystify that stigma or taboo that everything has to be perfect. You know, mm-hmm. because we had to break down a lot of that. You know social media, Instagram, perfection mentality ourselves, you know, and still do. It's like an ongoing job. But I think so many people came to us, remember, and they're all, oh, you, you really put it out there. Like you really like shared a lot, like almost like, you know, you feel like, are you saying that we (laughs) overshare? You know what I mean? (laughs) But 
I I feel like how else are you going to talk about it? Exactly. No, I feel the same way. There was a I was talking to a friend yesterday, and she was like, uh, my husband and I did a podcast interview together, and we just shared our story. And she's like, girl, she was like, you guys are better than me. Some stuff I'm going to take to my grave, you know. And I just feel <laughs> like <laughs> I honestly feel though when you expose yourself, you destroy any shame. You destroy. Yes. You know, you get yes. this. You disempower the enemy over your life because yes. it's like I've already told on myself you can't say anything to anybody because i've yes, already said all my stuff right? right our daughters abuse that by the way <laughs> and, and going back to your point on, on uh, community and this is one of the things that christina and i we really encourage couples that we either prep for marriage or they come to us on the workshops is build that christian community that is going to support you, right? Mm-hmm. And I speak to a lot of men as well. A lot of men, especially fathers, they want to connect with other fathers. But what a better way to connect with Christian fathers that mm-hmm. are following Jesus mm-hmm. and at the same time they create a brotherhood and a bond together, right? Yeah. So we tell we tell couples you can get together with amazing couples, but what's going to hold it's going to be the faith that sticks with mm-hmm. you and, mm-hmm. and God is going to work through those couples and through mm-hmm. you. And that's, that's a stronger community. And I think for us, Christina and I, we realized after we launched Boundless Love and we opened our ministry is that's our community. That's what we are so committed to mm-hmm. because they also help us as well become, mm-hmm. you know, better, better, a better couple and, and, and really open up more and, and be, be open in a non-judgmental area mm-hmm. because we don't judge other that's couples right. that are broken right. because we, we are broken too. That's mm-hmm. right. And I think that's something that, you know, because everyone listening to this might not be of the Christian persuasion, right? There might be oh, others sure. who are listening. And I think that sometimes people who are not Christian feel like, I don't want to befriend other Christian couples because of the fear of being judged or maybe they're not fun or, and I, what I say is that you need, when you're going through trauma in your relationship, when you're going through these deep, deeply challenging times, the friends that you go and have drinks with are not going to suffice. You know, you need someone who's going to be able to stand in the gap, you know, to use the old terminology (laughs) there to be able to stand in the gap, to be able to pray for you, to be able to encourage you, to be able to strengthen you when you're weak. And so, so I think for couples or people who might be listening to this that might think, uh, not really into the Christian thing, like you need to go find you some people who know how to pray. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, when all of your strength and all of your solutions and all of your um, answers are gone, you're going to need people surrounding you who are going to say, hey, we're not going to give up on you. As Javier, you said, we're not going to judge you. We're going right. to stand and pray for you. And that has been, I know in my life, gold. And it sounds like that's been that and yours as well. You know, when you talked about you guys got together, did you see any of these warning signs? Like Javier was kind of almost like imploding from the inside. Did you see any of that when you were dating? Because I think about singles. I I talk to a lot of single people all the time and they've got these rose colored glasses on and their relationships, right? And I'm like, hello, do you not see like the red flag that is waving brightly in front of your face? Yes. Um, So what are some of the red flags that you have? Um, So the answer is yes, Dana. I definitely saw red flags. I do think though- it intensified very much when we had um, when we had children. Okay, because what happened was we had a beautiful courtship and friendship, 
um, that we still sometimes reminisce about because, yeah. you know, but we, you know, and, and what happens is that every time, and also we had more life challenges. We had um, financial struggles. We had unemployment. You know, it's like life will bring you to your knees too, right? So I think there, there were things, that there, the triggers were there. But see, this is the funny thing. So I'm a clinical social worker, right? And my orientation to it is I... I mean, and, and, and again, I, I mean, I'll give this to God because I don't know why. I mean, I, I knew what was going on, but I didn't physically leave. You know, I think the bottom line was I was very, very patient and very loving. And I just always believed in Javi. Like, I just knew this wasn't him. I, I can't explain that. And I know that sounds probably corny or hokey or whatever, but um, it was just in my soul. It was just in my soul that I knew um, that this was his behavior, not his identity. And so, wow, um, but I don't know if you want to speak to that because it's definitely been a journey. <laughs> um, from my point of view with Christina, yeah, you see red flags, but since you are so much in the honeymoon mm. period, you love that person so much, you cannot fully comprehend. Mm-hmm. And like Christina said, we throughout the years, I understood you know, my wife suffers from depression and how to really become more knowledgeable and really be more humble in accepting this and not attacking or defending yourself. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah. Where in, in the years of courtship, you don't really comprehend all that. You think it's, it's a personal attack and then you mix it with my reflex as well. And then I think that's what happened. So when you start becoming more humble, I think, and taking a step back and say, okay, where is my wife? Where's my husband coming from? Mm -hmm. And and what is leading to this? Mm -hmm. And I think we, we, right now we are doing that, right? We, we kind of take a step back and, and I do a lot of self-reflection. I I still deal with my childhood wounds. Mm -hmm. The other day I was talking to Christina, how, I'm identifying that abandoned child that is coming out in some of the conversations. So when you reflect on your own self, then mm-hmm. you're like, all right, well, if my wife is doing that, it's because I'm doing this as well. So she's yeah. reacting to it's this. Dance. So how we can, in a way, like Christina said, take a step back and slow down mm-hmm. and really work what matters. And what matters is that we have obviously God in the center of a relationship and we're building this beautiful relationship that we are pioneers. I always tell Christina, we, if we reflect back and every single year that we've been married, we're like, man, we, we're crazy. We, <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. We've done so many good things and we keep dreaming and we keep building and we keep doing these things that we never thought is possible. Mm-hmm. So if somebody came, if somebody came to me, somebody came from the, from the past I mean, if I go back to my past and say, hey, listen, Javier, this is what's going to happen. I don't think I will marry Christina. I'm like, no, you're crazy. Am I going to go through all that? No, no, no. I, I'd rather have a, a normal Yeah, marriage. a normal marriage, but right? Yeah. this is the best marriage ever. Well, and I think also it's like, and I'm sure, Dana, you, you understand. It's like, you know, if you have anxiety or depression, it's not like... You, you live with it your whole life. You manage it, right? You cope, you go to God, mm-hmm. you, you find a community. This is like, and so it's kind of like if you have a child with dyslexia, it doesn't mean they're not brilliant, right? It doesn't mean that they're not 
super intelligent. It's just a different way of being, but you don't manage the dyslexia out of the person. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So I think for us, you know, we're, we just try and be real and also surrender in our faith to these imperfections, but realize they're there for a purpose too. Right. right. Yeah. And I think there's no such thing. Obviously we know there's no such thing as a perfect marriage. I want to ask, do you all believe that there's a such thing as a happy marriage or, you know, cause we throw some of the, sometimes we like throw these terminologies all around and my poor single people, like they're like (laughs) trying to discover and decipher like what's real and what's not. And what makes a happy marriage? Is it because the people are happy? Is it because you work toward happiness? So I guess what I'm wanting to know is, do you believe that there's a such thing as a happy marriage? And if so, how do you advise people to create one? I see, I do believe that there's such thing as a happy marriage. And I think it means, well, first of all, you're, you probably have better odds of having a happy marriage if you believe that they exist. So that would probably be the first, first thing. (laughs) So you kind of want to like make sure, you know, put, put all the balls in your court, right? First to begin with. Second, I think a happy marriage is about feeling like the relationship brings out a better version of who you are. Meaning That's so key. That's right. So that yeah. Like I grow from this relationship mm-hmm. in a way that I really couldn't any other, you know, experience could not do that for me. So mm-hmm. I think um that is that's the definition. It doesn't mean that you're in joy all the time or content all the time or that you're not disappointed or feel betrayed or feel, you know, right. um, disillusioned even. I think yeah. it's really about um, knowing that the power of two and three, if you're, you know, in the faith is really much more beautiful, right. And meaningful than something you could do on your own. Yeah. And I just want to say, you know, I love that you said that it makes you a better version of yourself. And so, so basically, even if you're going through a problem, doesn't mean that you throw the marriage away. Like a lot of times, for example, let's say you're struggling in with something, pick an issue in your marriage and that marriage is making that problem. I'm sorry. is making you more patient or it's making you more humble or it's making you be more committed to reading your word or more committed to prayer. Like I think of the problems that I've had in my marriage and how my relationship with the Lord has been deepened because of that problem. And so again, I think that when we're looking at someone having a happy marriage, it's not that the people are smiling and happy all the time. Mm -hmm. What it means is that they're continuing to grow. They're continuing to do work on themselves and they're continuing to use the problems that come up in marriage because those problems are going to come and they're continuing to use those problems um, as a way to grow closer to the Lord if they're in the faith or closer to each other. So I love that you said that. Absolutely. And I, in my point in, on happiness is happiness is an emotion that right. you have you can cho- you, you have the choice mm-hmm. to be happy or not right mm-hmm. it's, it's the same way a lot of people say how can you become grateful not a problem wake up in the morning and every single thing that you say you say thank you for this thank you for mm-hmm. that thank you Jesus for the carpet in my floor thank you for mm-hmm. my wife and making me a cup of coffee and when you start adding all those thank yous you're like, oh my goodness, I feel very grateful inside. Yeah. The same thing is happiness. You want to be happy. You need to ch- you need to make that choice of building feelings mm-hmm. that bring happiness, mm-hmm. regardless of the situation. And I mm-hmm. think Christina and I, we have that faith, right? And it's because we believe 
mm-hmm. when you start believing in the in the good things, you start believing in creating that environment, then that's when the happiness starts, right? Right. And, and another point I agree with you is always learning about each other, mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. learning about what the message, the universe, God is telling you and your relationship. And it's such a such a beautiful uh, relationship that you can have with that person. I mean, I I see couples that are married for fifty years, and you see the fire mm-hmm. in them. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I ask them, I say, "How do you keep this fire?" I say, "We always curious of each other, mm, and we so find something new of each other every single day." Right. Because as human beings, we fluctuate. We're not the same right. person. We don't. We we always growing as well. We're always right. developing new ones. So yeah. that's the beauty of it. And when you are become curious and grateful, and you're like, "Man, this is such an amazing journey that I have a partner." by my side for mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about, because you guys did go through such a, you know, a rough season in your relationship. And I think about, as you're talking, I'm thinking about couples who are like, I hear you, Javier. I hear that I need to be grateful. I hear that I need to learn mm-hmm. about my spouse. But right now I'm really dealing with a lot of unforgiveness. And I think that unforgiveness thing, like that thing manifests in so many different ways in relationships. Yep. And it destroys. So how do you recommend, how do you advise the couples that you work with on how to forgive? Like, what is forgiveness? How do I know that I've forgiven my spouse? It's not just Mm -hmm. something that I say, but it's something that, you know, it it has tentacles, if you will. It has, there's a, you can look at someone and say, okay, you're walking in forgiveness or you're walking in unforgiveness. So how does Mm -hmm. someone forgive maybe something that they feel like they can't forget? You know, I, that's such an important issue. And I'm so glad you brought it up because I feel like we have actually have a chapter in our book on forgiveness. And I feel like, you know, you look back when you write and I feel like that chapter is probably the most important for me, at least that okay. was the, the like defining chapter of the book. Mm-hmm. So in terms of forgiveness, I had a pastor who once said, you know, if you're not willing to pray, I, sorry, pardon me. If you're not willing to forgive, pray for the willingness to forgive. And then she's like, but if you can't even, you're not even sure you're, you know, you're willing to be willing, you know, you keep backing it up, willing to be willing to be willing to pray, you know, because you may be so stuck. And Mm -hmm. so I I just felt like that was so validating, you know, is like the first thing I think is forgiveness. It's not a one and done process. I think it's a real, like, you know, I don't want to necessarily say it's evolution because I don't know if it's a linear, like always up on the up and up, but I feel like, you know, it, it ebbs and flows like grief actually, right? Because mm-hmm, you're almost right. grieving an end to right. something, mm-hmm. whether it be a betrayal or a shift in the relationship. So for for us, I think, or I, sh- I should speak for myself, for me, I feel like it comes in waves and stages. And so what I have to do is just be willing to forgive. And that's kind of where I work it in my prayer life. And in, and what I try to, you know, demonstrate even for my children mm-hmm. is that sometimes it's okay to still to be hurt, right? Mm-hmm. It's still okay to be angry. It's okay to not be ready, mm-hmm. but it's just about owning where you're at in that forgiveness process. And I think similar to what you were talking about of how couples get isolated or stuck, I think what happens is we judge ourselves in our forgiveness process or we're unaware or we turn away from ourselves in it. And that's where we get kind of 
like, you know, um, stunted, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like it can't move. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I do think, you know, you're all, and the other thing is humility. One of the beautiful things about you, I mean, I always say parenting is spiritual hazing and I think marriage spiritually brings you to your knees too. Right. Oh yeah. So the bottom line is that you are always realize you're going to mess up too. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just all hobby. It's like, there's, you know, more than 50% is Christina is me. And so I think that's when you're willing to own, when you, when you open up to the ownership that you have in your marriage, mm-hmm. your forgiveness will flow because you realize that you contribute to everything too. It's your partners. It's not this being done to you. So, that's good. Yeah. I love that. It comes in stages. Forgiveness is not a one and done thing. And so, yeah. Well, I want to know, you know, tell everybody about how they can find more about you. I know you guys wrote a book. So tell us a little bit about your book. What made you write it? Um, Who are the couples that you work with? Just tell us all the things. How can people find out about you? Sure. So we um, we wrote the book. We're going to do a year with a book. And out of the book, Boundless Love. Here it is. Oh, <laughs> We're like, it's like a third child. Yeah. Really. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Boundless Love, uh, Healing Your Marriage Before It Begins. You can find it on Amazon. And we were there. And out of that, we started a nonprofit ministry. And we have facilitated over... 1,200 couples that mm. are going through a premarital mm-hmm. um, preparing for pre- marriage. Preparing for marriage, and we I also. I have to just. I just have to interrupt you real quick to say thank you so much for that. Aww, like I, I, thank I, you. I, oh no, like it's I don't so know. They'll important. all thank you, but. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think premarital is super important. I was having a conversation with a girl. Uh, pro- couple years ago. And I, she told me she was getting married and I said, Oh, great. I was like, would you like for me to do your premarital counseling? And she was like, Oh no, we're not going to do premarital. And I was like, I mean, my (laughs) eyes were as big as yours are right now, Christina. Like, I was like, what do you mean? Like, I don't understand. Why would you do this to yourself? And she said, I don't want to open up a can of worms. Yes. Oh, we've had plenty of couples say that. But let me yes, tell you, or even tell in, you, the, in the course, they'll say, we're not going to ask that question. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, listen, you either open up the can of worms now, now. or the can of worms is going to get opened up in year one. It's going to get right. opened. Oh, it's going to be dumped in your lap. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. you 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 really said it right there. The reason why we wrote mm-hmm. the book is we wanted to, that's why it's called Healing Your Marriage Before It Begins, because we wanted to give that awareness to the couples and say, listen, this is going to, if you don't take care of, similar issues or really reflect, then this is going to come come into your marriage. And then we don't want you to go through the pain that we went through. We really want to levi- alleviate that and give you awareness. So that's what we wrote the book. Uh, yeah. And Javi gets a lot of the credit because he was all, we're going to write a book. We're going to write a book. <laughs> oh, we're going to wow. write a book. And I'm yeah. all for years. No, we're not. Uh-huh. No, we're not. No, we're not. And so finally, I, you know, it just, there's grace, right? God yeah. is good. And it was just like, oh yeah, we are. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm good. And literally Dana within 48 hours, I was like, okay, here's the outline. I, I This is what I'm thinking. Amazing. But yeah, but it was just, I, you know, that was our process. And the other thing, just on the premarital note, I just want to share, I, I want to, you know, really back you up around that, the importance of it, because mm-hmm. We are a very bicultural couple, right? You know, I'm from like 
super white suburb of like a very segregated Detroit community, American, like, you know, born and raised um, in, and Javi is from like super cosmopolitan, you know, post Franco Spain, downtown Madrid, you know, and we, you know, he was in an orphanage during some of his childhood. You know, I was running in and out of people's houses barefoot. You know, I had just a yeah, very different, different. Yeah. reality. And you don't even know what you're even getting into a lot of times until you cohabitate and marry. And you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so I feel like our premarital work, and that's part of why we're so devoted to this ministry, is what laid the foundation for mm-hmm. us to some just navigate some of these really big cultural differences that, you know, after once we talked them out, we're like, oh yeah, that's not really that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But at the mm-hmm. time, if we it didn't, it would have been a big deal. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's so and, good. And we tell couples, I, I love uh, a lot of couples say, Well, once I get married, he or she is gonna fix me. She's going to make me, she's going to complete me. And I'm like, uh, no, it's not. Uh, uh, abort mission, abort mission. It's, like- <laughs> it's a great song, but it doesn't work oh, that way. Oh, Lord. And oh, my God. No. Yeah. So we really encourage that. And one thing that we do in the workshops is that we really encourage uh, ways to really communicate and have a really good dialogue, active listening, and do all those things. So couples... They, they're talking their hard stuff, but it's not as hard as they thought. And yeah. It can be fun for them to, to really reflect and get to know each other. Yeah. And, and really, um, you know, really prepare for that amazing journey that they're awesome. going to take. Awesome. So I'll, I will list, you know, your, your website and the show notes and um, how people can find out about you. But mm-hmm. tell us the name of your website and the name of your book is Boundless Marriage, of course. Um, no. But wh- how do people find out about you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. So uh, it's Boundless Love. Healing boundless Love. Before, Sorry about that. Yeah. Yes. Healing Your Marriage Before It Begins. And the website is boundlesslove.us. Yeah. Easy peasy. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. awesome. Well, Javier and Christina, thank you so much for this thank conversation. You. Thank you. You're welcome. God well, bless. God bless you guys. Well, you guys, I told you that it was a jam-packed conversation, right? I am so grateful for Javi and Christina. And you know, when you meet a couple or you meet a new friend and you just feel like you've known them forever, that's exactly how I felt with Javi and Christina. And, you know, we talked a little bit toward the end of this interview about gratitude and gratitude is such a huge value of mine. I think in a healthy marriage, it is absolutely foundational that you practice the value of gratitude. And I just wanted to let them know again that I'm so grateful for everything that they gave us and how they served us on this podcast today. So don't forget you guys to head over to their website. It's boundlesslove.us. And actually you can download a free chapter of their newest book, Boundless Love by going over to their website. For those of you all who have been reaching out, who want to know more information about workshops that I'm going to be providing, I have great news for you. I actually have a workshop in the works, but until I can actually publicize that, I want to encourage you to head over to danashay.com slash relationship dash mistakes. I have created a free ebook for you called the five relationship mistakes that are wrecking your life. And so you definitely want to make sure that you get your free copy of that. Simply go to danashay.com slash relationship dash mistakes. 
So that's it for today's episode, you guys. Thank you so very much for those of you who have subscribed to this podcast. For those of you who are rating it, I appreciate it so very much. Keep on sharing and keep on showing up. I'm super excited about the additional episodes that are in the pike. We're going to be talking to singles. We're going to be helping parents to be better parents. We're also going to talk about some racial reconciliation. I've got so many great, great conversations in store for you. And you guys are going to continue to hear from me and my husband. So thanks again for listening to Real Relationship Talk. I pray that your relationships today will be full of purpose and promise. Take care. We've been drowning in the dark till I hope was gone. I'm not lost without you. I'm not lost without you. Looking for ways to stay positive? Brighten your day with the free story behind podcast. Hear weekly short stories that showcase true joy, love, and hope. Listen now at lifeaudio.com or by searching for Story Behind wherever you get your podcasts.